Kristen, hello, hello. Good morning. Oh my gosh, James. Hello. Good morning. Top of the morning to you. I, Top of the morning. I hardly recognized you there. I know, Kristen. I, I've been wearing a disguise when I go out in public now. I've started getting worried that people are going to recognize me from our podcast. Oh, you know, James. From a podcast, people can't actually see you. Like I can see you because sometimes we FaceTime with each other when we record. But, but no, they they can't see you. I'm just following Megan's lead because you, I don't know if you've heard, but she started wearing a disguise. She is so blindingly beautiful. E News has reported that she is now wearing various hats to hide herself so that she's not bothered in public. Oh boy, do you, do you think that maybe Princess Eugenie has lent her any of her fascinators? Hmm? <laughs> I really hope not. <laughs> okay, we should get this show on the road. Oh, you betcha, we should. Because I'm Kristen Meinzer, a lifelong royals enthusiast from the homeland of Meghan Markle. And I'm James Barr, a royal loving ginger in the UK, the homeland of our boy Harry. And you're listening to When Meghan Met Harry, a royal wedding cast. In each episode, we examine the latest news about the wedding, do a deep dive into a pressing issue about the royal couple, and finally we give our predictions for what we think will happen on the big day. So James, shall we start off with this week's headlines? Kristen, let's do it. First up... Kensington Palace has just released the latest details about the Yay! wedding. The wedding will begin at noon in London. Yes, the Dean of Windsor will conduct the service and the Archbishop of Canterbury will officiate. Then, after the couple is officially married at 1pm, they will participate in a carriage procession from St. George's Chapel through Windsor Town, then return to Windsor Castle along the long walk. I'm freaking out. It's like the Princess Diaries. Oh, my God. (laughs) Please continue. Sorry. (laughs) Kensington Palace tweeted, they hope this short journey will provide an opportunity for more people to come together around Windsor and to enjoy the atmosphere of this special day. There will be a reception at St. George's Hall for guests and family. And later in the evening, there will be a private reception for close friends and family and What do you think? Do you think it'll be anything like Will's and Kate's throne room nightclub reception? What do you think it's going to be like, James? Oh, my God. I hope so. That just sounded so lit. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys know that word? It it sounded so lit. They literally turned the entire throne room into a nightclub with strobes. And at 2 a.m., they brought out bacon sandwiches. Ellie Golding, who was rumored to be dating Harry at the time, performed. So I'm guessing Ellie won't perform, but it will be going down. Yes. Yes, it will. And today is Valentine's Eve. So the big question is, what are Meghan and Harry doing for this big hallmark? holiday as an engaged couple we're not totally sure obviously if only we had access to their calendar diary but we do know they will be in scotland today making a royal visit to edinburgh yes on the trip they will stop by the edinburgh castle and visit a youth cafe run by the organization social bite which aims to tackle homelessness finally they'll stop by a reception to celebrate the local youth as part of the scottish year of young people at the palace of holy rood house am i pronouncing that right Hollywood <laughs> Great <House>. accent. <laughs> Hollywood House. Uh, they could go back to London after that jam-packed day, but given Edinburgh's distance, maybe they'll stay in the area for a romantic Scottish getaway. If they do, Christian has two suggestions for them. Yes. So suggestion one, the Scotch whiskey tour. Have you ever done this, James? No, I haven't done either of your suggestions, actually. They sound amazing. Oh, my God. You ride around in a barrel on a track, and then all of these kind of mannequin <laughs> animatronic things show you how they make the mash and then make the whiskey and so you just ride around in your barrel and then 
Wow. <laughs> Here I am, mashing mash. Here I am, mashing mash. And then Wait, you go along the track. Is it like, it's a small world, but for whiskey. Yes, it that's is what so it's good. Like. And you're in a barrel the whole time. And then they give you whiskey <laughs> while you're in the barrel. It's so good. <laughs> it's a small world after all. It sounds terrifying. It's so good. It it's so terrifying. good. And my other recommendation the Pet Cemetery at Edinburgh Castle. It's just a very sweet place where you can think about the historic significance of pets. And since Megan is such a dog lover, I think she would just love the cemetery. It's so sweet. Whatever these guys get up to, I'm sure Harry is going to buy Megan some peonies because he's done it before and they are Megan's fave flowers. Yes, yes. And Megan actually is a big Valentine's Day sort of person. On her lifestyle blog, The Tig, she actually said at one point, quote, Hook, line, and sinker, I am such a sucker for Valentine's Day. Without fail, every February 14th, I wake up feeling like I'm immersed in a Robert Duaneau photo, waiting with bated breath to be dipped into a kiss. This is all happening in black and white, of course, and in Paris if I had my way. But delusions of Francophile grandeur aside, Valentine's Day is special wherever you happen to find yourself. And in terms of gifts, be it breakfast in bed, a sweet love note, or a single flower, it really is the thought that counts. Oh, Megan. Oh, je t'aime. J'adore Hagen. I love how romantic Megan is with her dreams of Paris Valentines. Oh, it's amazing. We've also been creeping quite heavily on all of her other blogs as well. And we found another quote from a post she wrote in 2015 about being single on Valentine's Day, which is my single inspiration as a single boy. So here it is, if you're listening and you're single. Whether you have a special someone, you'll be with friends, or flying solo this holiday, be good to yourself, love yourself, treat yourself, honour yourself, and celebrate you. Be your own beautiful, darling, cherished, and funny Valentine. You deserve it. I'm going to repost that and just take credit yes, for it. Yes, do it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, Megan is the best. She is the absolute best. It's just, it, it, anyway, um, it's perfect. <laughs> She's perfect. <laughs> Next up, in an interview on Harry Connick Jr.'s show, did you know that Harry Connick Jr. No. had a show? He does. And Wendell Pierce, who played Megan's character's dad on Suits, shared some fascinating insights into working alongside our beloved future princess. Yeah, Pierce said that she'd talked about Prince Harry in coded language, saying, oh, just got back from London, or going to London soon, but never saying why. But we all know why. Also, we're wondering whether she gave Harry a code name. Was he the ginger or maybe something more oblique? Maybe like a lion? Figgy pudding? What other code names could we use? Figgy Figgy pudding? Is that your nickname for Harry? (laughs) Double O handsome? (laughs) Hot ginge. Wendell also shared the lovely moment that they shared as they finished their last filming days on Suits together. It was just she and I in the room, and I said, I know your life is going to change, but always know, no matter where you are, I will always be oh your loving my God, fake my father. Heart is melting. That is the sweetest thing. Maybe he'll be at the actual wedding as the oh father. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> We're going to have to keep that in our pocket for possibly a future prediction. Let's think about that. We're rooting for you, Wendell. <laughs> in other entertainment news, Lifetime announced the cast of the upcoming TV movie, Harry and Meghan, colon, a royal romance, and they've begun filming in Vancouver. Meghan will be played by Parisa Fitzhenley, who was in Jessica Jones and Daredevil, and Harry will be played by James Bart. No, just joking. <laughs> Murray Fraser, who was in the ITV series The Lock and PBS's Victoria. They actually look pretty good as far as lookalikes go. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
very, very good, especially compared to Will's and Kate in oh the other one. Oh my God. So it's like terrible. they just chose. That's a female with brown hair. We'll cast her as Kate. I've never asked you this and I can't believe I haven't. Did you enjoy that, the Wills and Kate movie? I enjoyed it in that kind of drinking game, sort of this is horrible <laughs> and let's laugh at how bad it is way, but it was not a good movie. Uh, it was very, very bad. I, I'm really rooting for them this time. I think it's going to be better. What moments do you think we'll get to see? Obviously, the roast chicken, the chicken roasting. Oh, yes. Maybe for your sake, they'll also have something that gives us more of a dive into the psychology of the messy bun. <laughs> I think you would probably like that. Yes. Well, like in the Kate and Wills film where the posh woman's like, Ugh, you cannot show your legs or whatever it is she said. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be someone there advising her on the messy bun. And how will they portray the initial meeting with the said friend? Ooh, I can hardly wait. There's so many questions. There are so many questions. We should live tweet that, James. That's happening. We're going to lump these final two stories together as one news item in a segment that we've called These Celebrities Don't Understand Love. Last week on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, John Oliver made clear that he does not believe in the most true love of our lifetimes. He made some maybe valid comments about the questionable niceness and psychological stability of the royal family by saying, I don't think you need to have just seen the pilot episode of The Crown to get a basic sense that Meghan might be marrying into a family that could cause some emotional complications. Ah, uh, well... It, it may be a complicated family she's marrying into, but the love that she and Harry share is so true. So no more shade. And, no and more you know shade like, from you. Yeah, whose family isn't a little rough? <laughs> yes, everyone's got a rough family. Speaking of which, Wendy Williams called Meghan a random princess. What? What? No. What does that even mean? Uh-uh. Yeah, the Daily Mail quotes Williams as saying, I respect Meghan Markle's hustle and I respect her game. However, she's a bit of a wild card, you know, because she goes from being the deal or no deal girl. So this is a girl looking for game. You know what, Wendy? You're just bitter because of your own relationship. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. So jealous. And you know what? It's not about you, Wendy. I know you're trying to get some controversy going around you so that people will pay attention to you. But you know what? People are paying attention to Megan now. And they should be because Megan is all love. And her love with Harry is so true that we're not going to look away from them just because you're throwing some shade. Right? And I'm not going to throw shade them. by mentioning your husband. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that too far? <laughs> And an update to a news item in last week's episode. Sir Elton John has reportedly cancelled two of his Las Vegas appearances, specifically the shows on May 18th and 19th. So it sounds like someone might be going to the royal wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I can hardly wait until we're all at the reception and he's playing Can You Feel the Love Tonight, Crocodile <laughs> Rock, all the great hits. All, all of those. Hits, all the hits. It's going to be so good. We're taking a quick break, but stick around because we're back in a minute for our deep dive with today's special guests, Sarah Barron and husband, Jeff Lloyd. And we're back. And in this week's deep dive, we're going to examine the delights and quandaries that an American woman might face when she embarks on holy matrimony with a redheaded British man. Helping us with this deep dive is Sarah Barron and her husband, Jeff Lloyd. 
Hello. Hello. Sarah is the author of two essay collections, The Harm in Asking and People Are Unappealing. She is also the host of The Moth, True Stories Told Live. You can follow her on Twitter at Sarah Barron. Jeff is the co-host of Adrift, a podcast for socially inept people and reasons to be cheerful. An amazing podcast about ideas. You can find him on Twitter at Jeff Lloyd. Guys, welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So glad to have you guys here. Welcome to the bosom of when Megan met Harry. It's a comely bosom. (laughs) A what? A comely bosom. (laughs) So first off, give us the details. Like, when did you guys get married? Where? US, UK? Like, we want all the information. Well, we met in New York. I was working on a radio show, which was broadcasting from New York back to the UK for a week. And I went along to see Sarah host a storytelling evening for the moth and it was like killing me softly with his song I, mean, I, sweet. I just saw her up there on the stage and I thought wow. she will be and mine. you made that happen? I did, I dreamed, I believed and I achieved Wow, that's just like Harry watching Suits and seeing Megan and wanting her. This is like exactly the same story Being someone that's seen people on stage and been interested in them, how did you like set that Emotion? Did you? You used your work. You said I did. So we had a guest dropout in the week of broadcast I was doing from New York. So that gave me the perfect into a costume on the street after. I mean, that actually just was what it was. You thought I was funny, and then you thought. And then I've retrofitted this crush onto it. Yeah, you have retrofitted the crush because actually the story really is is that then like a few days later when I showed up to this radio studio to record something with Jeff in New York still. I was wearing a hat. It was winter. I was wearing a hat. And he later told me that when I walked into the studio, he thought, oh, she's actually quite cute. Because he had not thought that when I was on stage because... Okay. With, and this goes... We were talking off air about how I think I have really bad hair. That I... My hair was out and about. And he thought I was about 15 years older than I actually was. <laughs> and then when he saw me just with like a little hat on, he's like, oh, this is... This is a cute lady. So you literally just lied to us five seconds ago. That that is that is that is the more warts and all version of the <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that's what happened. And then we a few days later went for a coffee and had a nice time. And then a few months after that you came back to New York. To woo her. To woo me. Yeah. Ooh. Now do you think that there's something special and unique that makes a British man and an American woman just gravitate toward each other? Is there something just there naturally? I mean, I will tell you that like 15 years ago, I was like, and I say this with all due respect to James, who I've only just met, and it's fine, but being like, oh yeah, an accent. And now I'm like, oh, this f***ing accent. Like... (laughs) Having lived here for five years. Really? No, not really. Not really. It's worn off. There's no magic in it for me. Zero. It's like it's really sexy and unique and different until it's your spouse. And then it's like just what they sound like all the time. And then then that kind of thing. It kind of wears off, basically. Yeah. Okay, so before we move on to a surprise segment that we have for you guys, we just want to ask you what your biggest piece of advice is for Megan and for Harry, as they're embarking on marriage with somebody from the other side of the Atlantic, what advice do you have to impart? This is what I would say to her. I, so first of all, I think she seems extremely smart. And I think that the smart Americans think they know enough to not appear ethnocentric. Like, I know enough to not show up in a country other than the States and talk about how, like, America is, like, so amazing, right? Like, you're not, you're, if I'm, you're a smart, coherent person, like. So you're not 
like selling the American dream. I am not selling you... the American dream when I when I'm living here. But I think like what's what's been interesting to me is that even my friends who are like smart, good Americans, not obsessed with America as the end all be all, they still come over here and act like without even realizing it. Like famously, I said to Jeff very early in our relationship when he was visiting me in New York, and I referred to the New York subway system as the world's best transport system. <laughs> Okay, that's a lie. Even people who you swear to God you think they know better, they don't know better. So I would advise Megan, who presumably thinks of herself as a worldly woman who knows better, that she probably doesn't. Right. And she should really check herself before she wrecks herself. I don't. I feel like Megan wouldn't do that, Kristen. No, she's already lived internationally quite a bit. She lived in Toronto for years and years, and then... She also, as a UN ambassador and other goodwill work, has been all over the world. So, I, all right, so she's better than me. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff, what what about you? Yeah, what's your advice for Harry? I mean, my advice would be to use quaint English words that you would never use in everyday conversation. <laughs> yes. So if I if I'm in New York, I I never leave a shop without saying cheerio. <laughs> I've never said cheerio, cheerio in any other context, but you say it, and then you can hear the whispering yeah. behind you from the shop assistant. Which did you? hear what he said how cute i would never never say that word now it's possible that prince harry being of a a somewhat different social class and education standard to to myself that he he would use those words anyway i can imagine he says cheerio when he leaves starbucks definitely yeah but i mean my my advice is just wheel that stuff out toodle pip toodle pip (laughs) top of the morning to you yeah all, all that i always get picked up on saying literally when i'm in america i pull so many guys for just saying literally on a night out <laughs> I came to Britain on like a family holiday when I was nine and I kept a diary about it and I signed off every diary entry. Pip pip cheerio, Sarah B. <laughs> okay, so guys, tell us, what was your wedding like when you two got married? Was it in Windsor Castle? Was it just like Harry and Meghan are going to have? What was it, like? <laughs> it was quite a small wedding. We were, we were only 30 or so people and we had the ceremony in a function room at a hotel. Then we all just piled into a restaurant afterwards but it was this horrible combination of american emotion and british stoicism so there was all this crying sarah walking down the aisle it was as if she was being marched down the aisle at gunpoint by her father in some kind of arranged marriage (laughs) situation and i know what you're thinking you're thinking oh but bride's crying it's kind of sweet we're not we're not talking about that kind of crying we're talking about the type of crying you know where you you sort of have to take in (gasps) big big Gasps of air. It was you were. I'm a very emotional woman. And and then afterwards we had this meal and people got up and made speeches and and people were crying, which isn't the British way to have this kind of sincerity uh, in the speeches. Maybe just a little bit of it. But I, I'm now worried that all my friends secretly hate me because we ambushed them into showing emotion publicly. Yeah. That is just so not British. No, not at all. We're not meant to show any emotion. No. and the, right. the, That's been so just... good for you guys and your mental health. So I think just like... <laughs> it's really been working out. Collectively. So I just like keep on keeping on with that. It seems to be going great. <laughs> but there, there wasn't too much at the wedding that you would identify as particularly British, I don't think. Mm. Heckling, I suppose, during yeah, the speeches. Yeah, I got heckled during my speech. That was. <laughs> you never much. did. Oh no, no, I did because I I got choked up during my speech, and I don't know if it was Jeff's dad. I don't know. I, I my best guess is your father, but someone just went. <laughs> 
There she goes again. <laughs> no. Like in an emotional moment at my own wedding. <laughs> so I was sort of into and sort of like gen- like we'll just resent for the rest of my life. You know? That'll so... be the queen at yeah, this yeah, wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, shut up. I think, I think we all know that'll be Prince Philip. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, God. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, this has been amazing. We've loved having you on. And it's quiz time. We're going to put you to work for this episode. Yes. So I love the newlywed game. James, what is it called where you are? The newlywed game? I forgot what it is. I think it's Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mr. and Mrs. Yes. So we love that show. And we are going to do a version of that right here today on When Megan Met Harry. And we hope that this particular version of the newlywed game will speak specifically to Harry and Megan, if you guys are listening. Harry and Megan, listen. So, Sarah, we'll ask you a question. Yes. And you'll answer with what you think Jeff would say, and then vice versa. Right, Sarah. Yes. What does Jeff think is your most annoying American trait? Um, my American, American trait. <laughs> is it... Chewing loudly? It isn't chewing. All right, let's get divorced. I'm sorry, Sarah, you are incorrect. Jeff's answer was her inability to engage with British sitcoms because they're too slow and, quote, look grimy. (laughs) Look grimy. Yeah, that's 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 right. It's you. You can't stand anything that's natural. No, I know. I cracked under pressure. I, you've never even mentioned my chewing to me, but it's something that I'm worried about. So, a hundred percent, I do not enjoy most British sitcoms unless they feel very American, and then I like them. And you hate me for it. Mm, yeah. So, so in a perfect world, I would come home and I'd be like, "Baby." Let's put on the royal family, and we would sit and watch all of the royal family, and I, which is a British which, sitcom. Which is a British sitcom, right? So I have no doubt that that's brilliant. Like I'm not sat here being like, yeah, they're saying it's brilliant. I bet it's, no, no, no. I believe it's brilliant, but I think that it's that that you certain things are so steeped in the own culture that if you didn't grow up in that culture, right. You then, f- it feels alien to you. Yeah, and it's like your relaxation time, and then you're. And Jeff's like, if I was moved to a new country, then I would do. I would be so interested <laughs> in knowing a bit about. I'm like, you fucking didn't. I'm I kind of, here. I kind of agree with you, Jeff. Actually, okay, so Jeff, Jeff is next. New enemy. How much? <laughs> how much of the national anthem can Sarah sing? I think it's uh, five words. Five, of the British national yes, anthem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. of the British. Yes. Oh my god, I misread the question. <laughs> I think I think you I think you probably know five words of it. It's possibly it's possible you only know four. I think I'm about to prove a point. Yes. That I have already spoken about, which is when I read the question, Sarah, how much of the national anthem can you sing? I assumed it was the American national That's anthem. That's so ethnocentric of exactly. you. Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> yeah, so of the British one, Sarah, you have to tell us what that is because you initially said all of it. But now I'm guessing that that's not true. <laughs> yeah, that's because I thought it was the American national anthem, and I was, and then I was like, oh, they're going to ask me to sing, and I'll be ready for <laughs> my big break. No, I can't sing. Um, I can't sing any. I can't sing a single word of the British national. So anthem. No, what's, the, the, what's, what's the national anthem? What you know the title? Da, 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 da. You yeah. must know that. Yeah, not words. So what are words? Liberty <laughs> of, of the. 
God save the. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Who who is God saving in this? Queen, <laughs> right? God save our queen. I said four. It would do. Yeah, I said you could definitely do four words, maybe five. You got four. It's God save our gracious queen. Uh, Jeff, next question. What's the stuffiest thing Sarah has heard you say? Oh, I don't know that. I'm a very, I'm not very stuffy person. I know, I struggled with this a little bit. I'm I'm quite a slob. Um, Yeah. Really? Yeah, but that's not Um, stuffiness. You don't like the way I correct when you say schedule. You don't like when I correct it to schedule. You've never actually done that, but... In my head, I do it every single time. <laughs> you don't say schedule. <laughs> yes, I do. Do you? Yes. Oi. Um, I'll just schedule that in. Yeah. yeah. So so I, I, I suppose I don't even do that out loud. No. Um, I don't have Is any your qualms about which fork you eat with, even though you insist on using your right hand. I do. Do you? Do yeah. you? I have a question quickly. Do you? At the end of your meal, do you put your knife and fork in the correct position? Oh, don't get me started. Because that this. drives me mad when yeah. Americans don't do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, you don't do that. So sometimes in a restaurant say... when she's not looking, I will move her knife and fork into the acceptable <laughs> position, yeah. right. which is somewhere between twenty past and twenty five past. Because how otherwise do the restaurant people know that you finished your meal? Exactly. How do you signal to them that yes. they can take your plate? You're and right. Sarah used to work in restaurants. You're right. Yeah, but it You're is. never done eating, though, I'm are you? I'm never done eating, and I'm a slob with food, and it's all very humiliating. But... That was not the correct answer. Not the correct answer. The correct answer was your response after pancakes that you'd baked, Sarah. Yeah, so so I one time made... And I'm, I'm, like a, I'm not a good cook, but I'm a solid one. But very early on, I cooked pancakes, and they were inedible. They were so disgusting. And whilst visibly cringing eating food I'd made, he went, they're quite good. (laughs) And I think the emphasis on quite to mean not at all is very sort of stuffy British. Mm. But I was challenged with this because I don't think, I think that we break the mold in as much as I don't think you're stuffy and I'm not positive. I'm not a positive person and you're not a stuffy person. And that, that breaks the stereotypical mold. You guys are relationship goals. Um, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Last question of our exciting Mr. and Mrs. What royal title would Jeff bestow upon himself, Sarah? Dowager. <laughs> <laughs> I, need to go- I need to Google that. I like how quickly you said that. <laughs> Do you know what? It's because I heard you say it recently. Because it's in, we have a small baby at home and he's into Thomas the Tank Engine. And there's a dowager, dowager, dowager hat. I think it's dowager, but I think I think it. And I never know how to pronounce it. A dowager is a widow with a title or property derived from her late husband or a dignified elderly woman. Everything is like much less gender based these days. So I think that could apply to a man. <laughs> We're sorry to tell you, Sarah, that's not actually the title he would give himself. And we hope that you'll be flattered to know the title he did want to give himself Baron. Oh, sweetheart, that's very romantic. <laughs> I feel bad about our son not sharing your surname. So if yeah, I was it's... a baron, it could be a hereditary baron. Oh, that's nice. And then he could be Baron, baron. Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. that's cool. That's nice. That is cool. That's very clever. That's really cool. Not as cool as letting a baby have its mom's name, but still pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Our pleasure. Oh, you're more than amazing us. to have you, Sarah and Jeff. Thank, thank you. you. Cheerio. Um, Baron pip, Jeff. Pip. Cheerio. Pip, pip. Tip, tip. Um, you pip, can find pip. Sarah on Twitter at Sarah Baron and Jeff is at Jeff Lloyd. It's Jeff with a G. At J We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back before you know it. And we're back, and it's time for our weekly wedding prediction. You probably know by now that each week we make a prediction about the wedding day, and importantly, we're collecting all of these predictions in a bingo board slash drinking game so you can celebrate the nuptial right with us and with lots of alcohol. And yeah, mainly gin. So James, tell us, what is this week's prediction? Okay, Serena Williams will be a bridesmaid. What? Of course she will. (laughs) She and Megan have been friends since meeting at a football game in 2014. It was a flag football game they played together for DirecTV's Celebrity Beach Bowl. Yes, and we know that focus has been on Priyanka Chopra lately, but we're predicting Serena's going to be the bridesmaid here. Megan was invited to Serena's wedding to Alexis, though she didn't make it to the actual event, which is... You know, a low blow. Hey, hey, she was about to announce her engagement to Prince Harry. She couldn't be (laughs) at the wedding at the same time she's about to announce her engagement. Come on. They were roasting chicken. They were super busy. (laughs) (laughs) But Serena was featured in a Q&A on Megan's lifestyle site, The Tig, that we talked about earlier. In the post, Megan wrote, We hit it off immediately, taking pictures, laughing through the flag football game we were both playing in and chatting not about tennis or acting, but about all the good old-fashioned girly stuff. So began our friendship. Friendship. She also wrote, we are both the same age. We have a penchant for hot sauces and adore fashion. But what connects us more than those things is perhaps our belief in exceeding expectations, our endless ambition. Oh, what a beautiful friendship. I also loved how you said penchant. <laughs> penchant, isn't it penchant? Oh, you sound so fancy. Oh my gosh, you sound like Megan in her Valentine's fantasy. That's how you sound. (laughs) I want to be in that Valentine's fantasy. Also, Serena and Megan are just both such strong, smart, accomplished women. And they're obviously the perfect confidants for each other. Confidant for each each other. So that is our prediction. We're very excited to see Serena as a bridesmaid at the wedding on May 19th. She's going to be so beautiful. And when it happens, we can all drink to it. Yes. That's it for this week's episode. No, but before we go, we wanted to thank everyone who sent us pictures of their dogs, cats, turtles, and birds. Oh my God, I'm living for the royal pets, Kristen. So cute. I love them wearing crowns. There were those two dogs like with the floral arrangements that look like bridesmaids. Oh Oh my God. Those dogs were so cute. So cute. Keep the photos coming. Please keep the photos coming. You can see these beautiful animals for yourself on our Twitter feed at Royal Wedding Pod. And we've also got a fun challenge for you this week. Yes. Do you know someone who loves the royals, who loves Meghan Markle? Suits or animals in crowns, but they have never heard of our podcast? If so, we'd love for you to show them how to listen to our show Just introduce them to When Megan Met Harry, teach a friend to listen to a podcast, spread the word about undying love, introduce them to our Twitter feed, do all of it. And give us five stars. Thanks so much for listening. When Megan Met Harry is produced by Her Royal Highness Lindsay Cradwell. Special thanks to His Majesty Ryan Dilley, our producer in London. And as always, thanks to Andy Bowers, Archduke of Panoply. And thanks again to our very special deep dive guests this week, the Baroness Sarah Barron and the Baron Jeff Lloyd. 
Have your own productions to share? Send us an email at whenmeganmetharry at panoply.fm or tweet us at that Twitter handle we already told you, at Royal Wedding Pod. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, all the things that you can do to spread the word and tell all your hashtag Hagen watchers and Anglophiles. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm James Barr. Toodle pip. Love is forever, forever in France. That <laughs> is my accent that's kind of not any accent. I don't know what that was. <laughs> it's like, what is Kristen doing? <laughs> it's only good. Ta. <laughs>